Hi, welcome to Old School with Patrick Rooney, the podcast where old school wisdom is new again. I explore natural health, success, and freedom with my amazing guests. Hi, this is Patrick Rooney. Welcome to Old School with Patrick Rooney. We are doing more and more podcasts now, and I'm really excited about that, particularly in the field of success. Um, Because of the COVID situation, I've been dealing with natural health a lot, obviously, and because of the insanity going on in our world today, uh, I've been dealing with freedom a lot, too. So both those things have been taking up a lot of my bandwidth, so to speak. But success has always been a part of old school, and I want to help you get more success out there. So we're going to do some concentration on that in our upcoming videos. With that being said, I am interviewing more and more people on that, and I'm going to start with a good friend of mine for many, many years, Mark Yaffe, who's a successful comedian, and he's going to talk about his life a little bit and things that hopefully will be useful for you. So let me bring Mark on. All right, Mark. Patrick. Welcome to Old School with Patrick Rooney. Oh, man. It's, uh, it's, I feel like we're back in the 70s again. <laughs> with uh, fit and uh, trim, and uh, I'm glad to, uh, get to uh, reminisce and hopefully uh, share some, some good info with people. Good. Beautiful, man. And I was just introduced. I don't know if you heard me in the waiting room, in the green room, so to speak. But no, I was... they, they, they muted me out. I heard nothing. <laughs> Whatever you said, I hope it was good. Yeah. I was uh, just mentioning that I'm doing, you know that uh, I have old school as my business and I do natural health, success, and freedom. Um, With COVID, I've been doing tons of of stuff related to health. Obviously, we're trying to stay alive here. And I've been doing a lot of the freedom side with all of the attacks on America and things like that that have been going on over the last few months. So what we're missing right now is the uh, success part of that. And that's why I'm bringing you on. Now, um, and, and others, I'll be bringing others on as well. But Mark is a successful comedian. Uh, I just looked you up today on Wikipedia. Very impressive, man. Uh, when you got your own Wikipedia page, you, you've made it, right? <laughs> That's what they say. You know, I don't know, 80% of it's pretty accurate. But I like Wikipedia. It's kind of a democratically uh, run uh, people, you know, people input the stuff and then other people can fact check it and correct yeah. it. So I'd like to think it's, you know, some people make fun of Wikipedia in some ways, though. It's, it may be uh, more uh, valid than a lot of stuff we, uh, we might see. In, in yeah, I, th- I, think it just, I think it just depends on who you're talking about. I, uh, there's a guy named, I, I don't know if you heard of this guy, but I listen to a lot of, conser- you know, my politics. I listen to a lot of conservative people. There's a guy who used to be a cop. He's a black guy named uh, Tatum. Uh, Officer Tatum is his, is his website. And um, I looked at his, he does not have a Wikipedia page though. So you're more famous than him, but he does have something called a wiki or something. Uh And I looked it up and I kid you not, um, they called, and this guy is a successful police officer for many years. And now he's a very successful YouTuber. He's got a million followers and he does very well, brings in a lot of money and does a lot of, does a lot of good things. I think he does a lot of good work. But what the wiki page said about him was that, he is an ex-police officer and a hat salesman. Salesman? I'm like, what do, they, what do you mean hat salesman? They're calling him a hat salesman because you know how people are on their page. They sell merch if they're, if they're on YouTube and they sell hats and shirts and whatever. They're calling his job now a hat salesman. 
I'm a joke salesman. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be bad just call you a joke salesman. Yeah, but anyway, um, I'm glad that Wikipedia is pretty. Is pretty. Uh, don't worry about the. When you see me shooing things here, this is the South, so we're we're real here in life lifetime. I'm actually shooing uh, wasps. You remember the wasps in the old days, Mark? Uh, you go play in the pool, and the wasp would start attacking you, and you'd have to I, see them with the hose. Yeah, I had an incident the other, uh, like a year ago, we went uh, to the Redwoods and we started hiking down to the, to the river and I stepped on a, a wasp or hornet's nest and I got stung about 37 times. And I was oh all my God. Yeah, it was kind of scary because I, I have a little bit of a reaction to it. Did you have to, you have to go to the hospital? Um, I think I ended up going, we, we took some Benadryl, I took some Benadryl and just rested, but it took me like four or five days to get back to normal. Yeah. Wow. I I think I went to my doctor after a couple of days because it wasn't quite, some, but just a bad ride. But that's a, yeah, that's always a scary thing. And then we have a bird feeder, same thing in my backyard. The, the wasps love the bird feeder. So it's like, all right, got to go open the bird feeder and shoot the wasp off. So hopefully wasp, you don't get stung yeah. in the interview. Wasps are a different kind of uh, creature because, you know, b bees have their own. Now they got these killer bees that are coming from God knows where, China or whatever. You know, hey, China, they bring the, they bring yeah. the China. Murder uh, hornet. Killer virus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what next? But yeah, those are nasty creatures. We got everything out here in the south. The south is pretty amazing. So if you see me looking off to uh, here, I'm actually looking for critters on the deck here. Okay. Uh, but anyway, uh, I want to say about Mark. Uh, Mark is a longtime friend, a very good friend, and I've known Mark for decades. I mean, we really kind of grew up together in a way. I mean, you, you grew up on the other side of the tracks in uh, Arlita area, I believe, right? Yeah. But, but uh, <laughs> near the McDonald's I used to work at. Um, but um, you, um, we went to the same school together. We went to a Catholic school together. And we ended up playing basketball together when we were in high school. And uh, that was a lot. Oh, man, there's so many laughs. We could, do, we could do hours of laughs on that alone. You probably have half your career based on your, your basketball in, in, in high school, right? You know what? I don't talk about that that much but i i have no doubt that the reason i'm in stand-up comedy is because of all the the good laughs and jokes we developed back then and the sense of humor because there was such a such a we had such a uh, a good spirit about us that we could laugh at everything sometimes you know we laughed at inappropriate stuff of course yeah. boys, but yeah it was the fact that i think I, I was more interested i loved basketball but i was more interested in just hanging out and laughing than I was uh, dedicating myself to the, to the sport, which ended up being a, a career uh, uh, a boost for me. Well, you know, you always, you always were on point because you knew that you were never going to be, uh, I mean, you're tall, but you ain't that tall. So mm -hmm. you're never going to be an NBAer, right? Nor was I. Yeah. So we were, we were going to have to find our, make our, our, our bones somewhere else. So you've, you picked the right thing. So I've known Mark for, for years and years. And uh, I mean, we went through that. We went through, um, I've known you, I mean, man, uh, I don't You're know. If best I, man at wedding. Yeah, I don't know if I was going to say all that. But yeah, best man at, his, at your wedding. Uh, such a beautiful wedding, too. That was such a beautiful day. I, I'll never forget that day. It was one of the most peaceful days of my life. It was just a be really beautiful. And um, your family, I mean, I know your family, love your, your daughters. And uh, I just, uh, it's been it's been really an interesting ride. And we've kind of fallen out of, we don't talk as much as we used to. And what happened is one of the reasons I want to bring you on, I mean, several reasons. One is success. I want, to, I want you to talk about that. But another reason I wanted to have you on is I wanted to have people on that we don't necessarily agree with on everything. I mean, Mark is, you know, you're, you're well known on, on Facebook. Uh, 
you know, uh, for you know having you know, you're not shy about your opinions on faith nor am i and we don't agree on a lot of stuff we probably do agree on a lot of stuff but it's probably a lot of stuff we i know there's a lot of stuff we don't agree on but i want to kind of i don't know i want that to be part of it too like to say hey can we as americans i know we can as as human as the two of us but i can't agree to participate in this conversation i'll start the arguing already <laughs> i am getting a little concerned in general that and you know what the easy thing is too is just to say this when i see sometimes mark will do something on facebook and it'll tick me off like he'll he'll put on like these parodies about donald trump and i love trump and i'm a major trump supporter and for a lot of reasons but when trump uh, mark has like these parody videos and stuff that he does and i would get ticked off at him and sometimes i would send him messages sometimes i would send you messages privately so i didn't want to necessarily air all our you know whatever i wanted to say to you you know uh publicly but sometimes i'd, I'd message you or something like that i said mark come on man you know, don't do this and then but you know the interesting thing is the best thing you can do this would be good at good but maybe a little success advice for me but i would say to people out there one of the good things to do is be careful of just interacting with people on social media because, or or email or something because when you type something out to somebody you may not be angry or anything like that but you never know it can be received a certain way or whatever plus you can end up getting into a war or back and forth or something and then people are involved it's kind of like if you're in a fight on the schoolyard and people start surrounding you you kind of want to look good in front of the crowd a little bit you know that's so that's such a good point now it's just we're in the pile on society no matter what side you're on like i post to my super conservative friends i might bring something up or you'll post on my page and my super liberal fans will just like attack and it's just like, wait, 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 wait. I just was making a meme. I just had to have a laugh in and I look back. I said, well, is it the death of comedy? Can we make fun of ourselves anymore? And yeah. Everyone, you know, and a lot of it, it's it's not just a, I don't think it's just a, a political situation. I think it's just a, it's a cultural and emotional situation. We really lost a lot of our, uh, our um, boundaries and, and, uh, perspective because we're just you know covid and people are working and they're frustrated yeah. why are they doing this to me and what's what's trump why is trump doing this why are the democrats doing, why, what are the doctor you know fauci is changing and we were just we have such an overload and and people are ready to say hey like you said take take five ten seconds before you just lash out at someone it's just so easy to hit that, that uh, yeah. Button, yeah you know you know what really helped me too was um i called you up I called you on the phone because we, you know, we know each other so long. And it's funny when you hear somebody saying something, but then when you talk to them, and, and, and I'll just say this, and the nice thing about you, Mark, as I think for you, I don't see you as like a mean-spirited kind of person. Uh, and then when I talk to you, I realize, you know, you're a smart dude, and you are, you have a lot of sense. Uh, you know, I don't think you have all political sense, but you don't think I do either. But you have a lot of sense on a lot of things. So when we actually talk, you can hear the person, you can talk to them, you're actually talking to a human being back and forth. And you can agree or disagree, but there's a little, there's more of a humanity there than when we're kind of cut off and just kind of like challenging each other on Facebook. It's a different kind of world. And then, well, for a second there, I thought, well, Pat's calling is going to elevate. And I didn't know you, you were you were there to uh, de-escalate. I was like, I was kind of like, oh, what's going to happen? Should I talk to him? Like, he's coming at me, after me. You know, this could be the end of the friendship. No, no, it's Patrick. You know, yeah. I actually lost another friend. Maybe he'll see this at some point. Um, uh, I guess I can name him first name. It's okay, right? I can name first name people. Uh, I have an old friend named Tom, who you know too. And he's probably still a Facebook friend of yours. I actually, I'm just putting this out there. I don't think it hurts to say this. It might help people. 
I got into a thing with him where we had a disagreement. Uh, uh, it was the thing about Obama. I, I never liked Obama, and he, you know, he didn't like some of the stuff I said about Obama when Obama was president. And uh, in a, in a, anyway, I was asking him at some point, I said, hey, you know, when I'm on Facebook, I'm, I was trying to kind of establish a, a um, what do you call that, a, 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 co a company go uh, space, what, what do you call that, a brand, so to speak. And so I was telling him after a certain while, I don't really want to talk too much. And now I kind of talk about politics. But at the time, I was trying to kind of keep it down the middle as much as I could. I didn't want to keep, not keep politics away from the business and that kind of thing. And I told him that. And he didn't respond well to that. So we got into kind of a back and forth. And I ended up having to unfriend him on Facebook, right? Uh, he never forgave me for that. Uh, he wanted me to apologize. And I couldn't apologize. I wanted to apologize because I wanted the friendship back. But I couldn't apologize because I didn't see myself as being wrong. And I, I don't think a person should apologize unless they see themselves as wrong. I can't just do it just for your feelings or whatever. So I actually lost, at least up until now, and I've tried several times with him, I've actually lost a friend through that Facebook experience. I tried to gain that one back as well on phone, and it just never worked. So I guess, you know. Oh, you didn't to call him, you didn't oh, pick oh, up? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So in theory, he just uh, couldn't, couldn't have a civil conversation. No, because he wanted me to apologize. I, could, I wanted to. I really wanted to, Mark, but I couldn't because it, I just, it wasn't in me. I just didn't see myself as wrong. It would be in insincere to apologize if I if I'm if I'm not seeing myself as wrong but anyway I don't want to bag on Tom I love Tom uh, I've known him for for a long long time and I hope that we are friends again um, but I'm just kind of illustrating what happens out there on, in the social media world that we're in now and um, I think about when we were young you know we, we had a lot of good times obviously but also if you remember way back in the day we come from a different world and I often bring this into my I try to bring this into my work a little bit there's a culture thing that's going on. But the world that we came from, no matter what people's politics, I mean, our parents probably were the same. My parents were Democrats, right? I think yours probably were too. But they weren't, so I don't wanna get political here, but to me, there's a vast difference between the old Democrats and a lot of the new Democrats. Because the old Democrats are always patriotic. My dad flew the flag, he was a veteran. Your dad uh, was, your, your stepdad, right? He was a veteran, I believe. Yeah. And they flew the flag, right? Every time there was a, a holiday, they flew the flag. And um, they disagree, you know, disagreed about politics stuff. But in the old days, politics was, we still had a lot of agreements, even though we were on different sides of the fence. And now it's like, I don't even know if they disagreed because it seems like they didn't really talk about it much, to be honest. Yeah. I, I never knew who my parents voted for. I kind of knew they were Democrats, but they didn't sit there and to really discuss it, it was like my mom was like, "Well, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I never say who I vote for." She's still that way. Really? Yeah. I only say it because I want to try to get people to vote my way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I think that, like you said, it was, you know, on one hand, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was a little bit more of uh, some some structure. On the other hand, there was a lot. I think there was probably a lot of repressed, yeah, and you know, there's alcoholism, and you had yeah. the, the World War II veterans and the Korean people that went through PTSD and stuff, and people that grew up in, in abusive families. And there was a lot of stuff there swept under the rugs. So on one hand, everything's more out in the open. On the other hand, we all feel we need to have an opinion on everything that's out in the open. I think that's where the, where the trouble comes in is we, have, we just have an oversaturation of information. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting because there, you're right that that generation was very John Wayne-ish, kind of like bite your upper lip, especially for men. 
And I think a lot of that is good to a certain point. I stop you there. I don't, I don't uh, espouse John Wayne as a Native American. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, by the way, we can get into this a little bit, but I did, I did, I did see something. And I want to talk about your upbringing a little bit as well. But I'll hold that for just a moment. Uh, but uh, I did want to ask you a little bit about that. About that. But um, yeah, the system in the old days, uh, th there was a um, there was a war. You know, like my dad was in World War II. I think your stepdad was in World War II as well. Yeah, my adopted dad. Yeah. Well, he he got he enlisted in 1944, but by the time he deployed, the war had ended like a month later. So he's still considered a World War II veteran because okay. he was in service, but he didn't see combat. Now, I don't know your dad's story if he did. Yeah, I'm he was. Yeah, he was out in the Pacific. He was on a USS Wasp, which is a, a carrier. And I remember the Wasp. That saw a lot of action too. He did. He did. He actually saw kamikaze Japanese planes come out and bomb his ship, and he had guys die next near him. He really did. Yeah. Yeah. He was one of those guys. He, what his job was, was he pulled out the cord, that big cable, so that when the ships, uh, the planes came down, the cable yeah. stopped them, you know? One of the most dangerous uh, jobs on the, on the carrier those Probably. days. Probably. Yeah. Carriers were, you know, the decks were wood, so if the kamikaze hit, everything was just on fire and there's fuel everywhere. Yeah. So I think those guys went through a lot. They couldn't talk about it for a, while, a long time. And there was a lot of repressed stuff, but you can understand why in a certain way. And I think those guys were also, quite frankly, a lot tougher than we are today. And we could use some of their toughness back today, I believe. We don't have a lot of toughness in the world. I don't see, I see a lot of violence in the world, but I don't see a lot of actual courage out there. Well, there's a, there's a few fake machos in the gym and the, you know, the affliction guys. And then there's still, the, you know, the, 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 the career uh, uh, military guys and the young guys and women that join. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I bag on millennials, like a lot of people on our gen, you know, it's like now it's like boomer, millennial, Gen X versus Gen Z. It's just that I, I think that's the, the new divide is almost going to be age as much as cultural. What is, what is Gen Z? What is Gen, gen Z? Z? Like, I think that's Z, Z as in the last generation. I don't know. But there's Gen X. Oh, Z, and, Z, I thought you said C, like vitamin C or something. Okay. Z is in zoo. And, um, yeah. Yeah. You know, so each, I think each generation produces its share of really valuable people, its share of, you know, kind of shaky characters. You know, you can say, well, you know, there's Antifa and there's this and there's that and there's militia. And there's still a guy, people that, you know, are, are serving the country and that yeah. are dedicated to, you know. I agree. Yeah, Admiral McRaven, he, he's one that, you know, he that led the uh, Osama raid uh, for bin Laden. He's saying he, he, he thinks the millennials are one of the best generations he's ever seen. Now, we watch the news or we read certain things. We're like, oh, these guys are all crazy. But I think the percentage of just whack jobs is probably lower than we, we believe, but it's covered, you know, at a, at a higher degree where we think it's like, oh, my, you know, Antifa's about to chicken my back door or, uh, you know, they make it look like, you know, the militia's going to storm my front door and shit <laughs> out in the house, you know. So, um, yeah, there may be uh, some truth to that, <laughs> that, that the, there's different perceptions. Also, each generation does have its certain good things going for it. I mean, in other words, I mean, a lot of these people, a lot of the millennials will say, yeah, like morally, I would say they, I don't see the grounding that we had, but I would say in other areas, very bright, very creative, questioning, maybe too questioning. Mm -hmm. Well, I would say questioning of our side maybe a lot, but I don't know. It's funny the way people question now too. Because I used to remember we see those question authority signs, like in those bumper stickers, you know, everything was question authority back in the, 
day, but now it's kind of like weird. It's like the people more on the right now are more, especially after COVID, like we're the question authority people, but mm-hmm. it flipped around and like the other people are not questioning the authority as far as that. You think about it, like conservatives were like, hey, uh, you know, we're really not a big fan of the public school. We think we're going to keep our kids out. And now conservatives are, hey, kids got to go to school. Right. And then liberal people, oh, uh, you know, uh, um, we really can't be telling people what to do with their bodies. Oh, you got to wear a mask. You know, so. Right, right. It, there, it, there's so a lot of flip-flop and maybe, maybe we, you know, I hate to say we, you, we, we shouldn't get caught up in the identities of, you know, because we want to have, you know, everyone, everyone wants to, it seems like everyone wants to be on a team, but maybe we just have to be just open, like, okay, what's, what's the best idea from both? And to just really start listening and say, hey, these guys make a lot of sense. Maybe I got to, you know, ask, maybe I'm not, I, mean, I think a lot of it is we're not asking ourselves the right questions. We're just, we're just accepting the, the, the wrong answers. I, yeah, I, I agree. And, and I think no matter what we feel about a particular subject, let's say COVID, I mean, I'm going around now, and you're probably more of a mask guy than I am. I, I'm guessing, but I don't know for sure. But I, I, am I putting you on the spot? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I'll wear, I'll wear a mask if I'm around people. I'm not going to wear a mask yeah. when I go hiking or yeah. um, and not around. And I don't wear it in my car. You know? Yeah, but. yeah. You're, you're a little more of the balanced person because I've seen definitely people who go, go extreme with it. But um, there is, um, I don't, I think there's a lot, and I ask this on my videos a lot, like it doesn't seem like a lot of questioning of like the right question, like what you just said, like kind of like asking the right questions. There doesn't seem to be a lot of, I don't know, asking a lot of the good questions that we need to ask. There's a lot of like, and maybe, it, maybe this is part of the tribalism I see out there. There's kind of like a, we've separated into tribes now, and I think there's a lot of people want to be part of something. So I think they, a lot of people would rather be part of a particular team than actually ask questions, right? I mean, we, I have that on my side, so to speak, as well. I mean, there's, I'm having an issue right now with some of the people on my side. And what I'm saying is I see, and I, hopefully we can come together on some of this stuff. I see that my, my country is being attacked right now, like crazy stuff. You know, this statue is being pull down now you may disagree or whatever on some of these statue people you may not like some of these people i understand from your perspective but i think we can all agree like burning down buildings is not cool um i'm shooing stuff i told you guys i'm in the south here so burning down buildings is not cool uh rioting and looting people's stores i mean i hope that enough americans can kind of come together on that stuff I don't, I don't, yeah, I can't see too many people are on board with people breaking into a van's shoe store and stealing all the uh, high-end uh, footwear. Yeah. yeah. It's anyone's cause. Yeah. And, and what I'm kind of on my side about right now is I see a lot of, and it should be for everyone. I shouldn't say my side because really, it's really the same for everybody. I see a lot of, like I said, I'm getting back to this cowardice question. I see people allowing too much. They're allowing their country to get ripped apart and just basically standing by and idle by. And I think, we need to be more engaged to actually not only do something now, like to stop the actual stuff as much as we can, support the police, uh, support whatever we can to keep the structures around, but the structures that are underneath those, that raise people, that those the fatherless homes. And uh, I mean, I talk about those in my videos and, and people don't really want to talk about that too much. It's not a sexy subject, but it's, you look at the black community, for instance, black community has been decimated by, I would say, government overreach and starting with uh, the fathers out of the homes. I think we need to be talking about some of these underlying issues that are causing all of this chaos to go on. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you say about that? 
Well, I, I would agree that uh, the, parent, the, the parents not being around or is, is a huge issue, you know, and we got to go back to the, you know, the politics and say, well, the government doesn't want to, and is, you can say like, well, the government doesn't want to support companies that are against contraception. You say, well, if people are going to have kids they can't afford, and now we don't want them to terminate that pregnancy because we're pro-life, and now that, well, they couldn't get access to birth control. You, you can find a way. I know what you're saying. You say, well, there, there's, there, is a, there is a, I think all parties bear some responsibility. We can't say, well, if it's just this, this way, it's going to be fine. If we just have this, you know, a democratic agenda where it's abortion on demand or we have a Republican agenda where, it's just, you know, for some, there's just no exception for abortion. I mean, I'm not trying to go way off the subject, but I'm saying there has to, we, we have to have a common ground and say, hey, yeah, there, we can say we can blame the problem with no father in the home in the black community. I, I, can, tell, I can talk to five black men that will say, hey, you look at the statistics. Uh, there's some statistics show black fathers are more involved in raising of their children and hands-on parenting and hours spent with their children. And, and it may not be in the same structure that we are used to, that we grew up, but you know, I mean, there's, we always have to dig that next level down and say, okay, what are, what are the statistics telling us? And, and what are we actually, uh, what are we, what, what, what's the actual reality of the situation? And how, how are we being skewed by either side? And that's, there's yeah. always, that manipulation of the facts and when it gets down to it you're right you gotta you need you need involvement of two parents is always you know optimal you know a, a structure is always optimal uh boundaries are you know i think everyone agrees on that kid has to know right from wrong and and learn a set of values and i think i think we got to get back to the what are those common cores we everyone can agree on and, well, and start with that we have to kind of rebuild our conversation well let, let me let me because you kind of said a lot here but let me let me dive a little deeper on the family thing because I think this is a very unifying issue when we really think about it and this goes way back uh in one of my videos recently I did a thing about how we can come back and I talked about the family unit I talked about the fathers uh being either not in the home or not dealing you know they're really there but not there kind of thing mm -hmm. and what happens is and this becomes a very unpopular subject among a lot of people but just to be real about this when the fathers pull back, usually a lot of times you have a very kind of overbearing mother and the mother kind of kind of gets, goes too far. I remember when I was a kid, for instance, when I was like, when I was growing up and you knew me originally, I was getting a lot of crap from my mom in the sense that my dad was kind of out of the picture, right? Love my parents and they're both gone now, but my dad was just out of the picture. I don't think a lot of stuff he really knew better, but he kind of like retreated like a lot of, Remember in the old days, uh, uh, fathers used to retreat to their garages. I don't know if you remember that, but my dad had a garage and he would go smoke his camel cigarettes unfiltered. And yeah. you remember that? So he would be like, and a lot of his friends were like that. They kind of retreat to their garage. But I noticed even in that, those days, my parents had um, very overbearing, uh, uh, like they, they couldn't handle their wives. So they would just go back to the garage and smoke and, and work on their project. I, but I gotta, I gotta interrupt real quick though. But I don't think necessarily that the wife was overbearing. I think the wife was overwhelmed because the father worked all day. He's tired. I want to go have a cigarette and a drink. She's been dealing with these kids, crazy kids all day. As and you're, you know, you know, three brothers or two brothers, and you know, at home with you, and say, and they're overwhelmed, so they're lashing out. That doesn't. I don't think necessarily they were an overbearing person. I think that they were dealing with. They didn't have any break. They had emotional issues too, just like the dads. They didn't get yeah. the escape. So who are they going to take it out on? Who do we take it out on now? Yeah, and it, it's not what I'm saying. I don't want to get it. I'm not blaming one or the other. It's just there's certain roles, right? And, yes. and 
and men have always had the role, which I believe is the right one, of being the head of the family, right? The head of the wife, the head of the, the, the wife and children. But that's all changed now. That's a whole other matter. But I'm saying the way it kind of like got like that is like the the father, the man couldn't really handle his wife, whether you want to call it whatever it was. But there's a reason why they retreated to begin with. They really couldn't handle the heat as far as I, that's what I saw. And I saw that in a lot of my parents' uh, friends, same thing. And I knew a lot of like really pushy uh, women that were like really dominant and stuff. And they're, 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 the men just kind of took off. But and if you look at the movie. Dominant one, yeah. Yeah, you remember the movie, uh, uh, and I put this in one of my videos. Remember the movie with James Dean, Rebel Without a Cause? If you watch that movie, and I showed some of these scenes, there are scenes in that movie that talk about this, where he is just so fed up with his father for not standing up to his mother. And he just gets fed up and he goes crazy. The kid, remember that? Mm -hmm. And so what I'm saying is, I think all this stuff is traced back, not all of it 100%, but a huge amount of this is traced back. Even back in the day when we were growing up and I saw a lot of the madness around me, that stuff was all there. It just wasn't as obvious as it is now. You know what I mean? Like things have kind of, everything that we see now was actually around back then too. And you kind of alluded to that earlier a little bit, but now it's just kind of like, hasn't been corrected. And it just seems like it's just gone gone overboard. Yeah. And again, I'll say, well, there's the flip side. You got the, uh, the cowering wife, the husband, I know, you know, I've known there's ones where the wife isn't allowed to leave, the sure. husband keep going. Sure. Basically, uh, hands on, you know, you, you watch us, you know, you see that in, in culture, you yeah. watch the Sopranos, you, there's, there's some really strong cultures where it's, in a, in a, in a, you know, some, some Latino families have seen that, not my family, you know, but uh, where, where the men have total control over the situation. And okay, then what's the result of that? Maybe mom is repressed and angry and takes it on the kids. It's always that. Yes. That there's always going to be a, a, you know, as long as you perpetuate the cycle of, of resentment and, and. Yeah, uh, that's what it is. Hold up, then it's got to be expressed somewhere, whether it's going to be on your kids who get screwed up for life, or it's going to be on, you know, uh, uh, your, your uh, other family members. It's, it's, it's got to go somewhere. It's just, I mean, you know, you get back to the root of it. It's, it's people's resentment. And yeah. It's really a great point because it's not enough to have the structure itself in place, but the people themselves, if they're out of order to begin with, if we're internally out of order, then we're not, we're going to be externally out of order. So you can put the man in charge of whatever, and then he ends up being going overkill, you know, and puts his wife in a box all day or whatever. Obviously that's not right. Which, which brings me up to a point, And I, I mentioned this to you the other day. Uh, and I talk about this in my videos too, because I think it's so important, internal controls. And I remember back in the day, in fact, I started to meditate, right? I started to learn how to, how to meditate and kind of just get still so I could see what was going on, right? And I started changing a lot after that. And I think I have been continuously probably over the years. And um, the funny thing is, um, uh, a friend of mine named Mark is the one that introduced me to all that stuff. You remember all that? All his fault. Yeah, Red Masters. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I used, to, I used to do that. And I mean, I've been doing that for like 35 years now. <laughs> it's a good practice, you know. I think that's, you know, we, and no matter what your political philosophy or your spiritual philosophy, every, every spiritual philosophy involves some meditation or silent prayer. So yeah. no, one, no one can disagree with that. So, oh, you know, that's uh, satanic, what you're doing. You're, you're sitting quietly. There's no one, no one will say that in any religion. You know? No, they do say it. 
but but some of them do some of them say oh that's of the devil and i try to say well, yeah depending on how the meditation it's you know but just silence if you just yeah. strip away the the practice right. and where you're meditating if you're doing pair beads or right, right, right. Well, you're right yeah but so we can always again there's a perfect example we can always find the negative and a positive yeah, it's true. And a lot of people will be, they'll say, oh, that's not, uh, that's, uh, that's not Christian. I say, no, Christians, I'm sure from the get-go, I'm sure including Jesus, were praying to their father. And I almost guarantee you, he wasn't praying with just words all the time. He was praying in spirit. Even, even the Bible talks about that. It says that we pray, we don't know what to say, so the spirit intercedes on our behalf. Do you remember reading that somewhere in the Bible? So, I would like to see maybe for me, like part of what I do in, in old school is kind of cultural, but we can have a lot of uh, disagreements, but I think when we kind of peel it back and bring it back to ourselves and what getting control within, it seems like if people could do that and learn that and want, not everyone wants to do that, I get that, but for the people that do, the more that we can bring people within, then we start establishing external controls and then our our, our world has controls to it and because we have to have some controls we don't want to be stilted but yet we need we need boundaries right kids need boundaries and, and even adults need boundaries well I, and i would you know and i don't want to sound too new agey but otherwise it'd be controls we need we need guideposts you know we don't, yeah i think people need yeah we that's need, a better way to say it that's the other thing because people love to have rebellion against control what's, yeah. what's happening what's happening with the mask because hey you know if we had a discussion and say well this this is here whether it's the mask whatever this is this is the benefits here's the pitfalls here's why we're asking you to do this let's say we never had an adult conversation we had a you know they had this whole thing like oh don't wear any mask don't wear any mask turns out oh because we didn't have enough masks so we lied to people all these other countries were wearing this just as, as an example so now people are like well i don't trust you anymore now you're saying all of a sudden oh you get it i swatted you know i'm a buddhist i have to end this right now because you killed that <laughs> i don't think i killed him i think i just stunned him and he's flying away um, it, was like but, a bat. it was like this huge wasp or something that flew by earlier. I'm like, man, yeah. I don't think I could live there as beautiful as it is. I'm in the desert. There's no bugs here. It's yeah. One thing is nice about the desert is the dry air. I'll give you that. That's, that's, and, and I used to live in Southern Cal, so they had that desert air, which I really enjoy. It's, we have no, it, it, we have a pot, no mosquitoes. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah it's great. And, uh, but yeah, having bugs is something I had to get used to. You got to like wear stuff, and it's a little bit of an extra hassle, I have to say. And you see me pouring right now? You spray uh, like bug spray and I, I put some stuff on. It's called uh, I forgot the name of it, but you can get it uh, online. But I use that and kind of put it all over my body. And uh, sometimes you got to do what you got to do in the south, man. But um, I want to get back to what you said. I don't want to take away from it because you're making points. You were saying people want to they don't want controls, right? And they're rebelling against that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So right, rebelling against the left, less rebelling against the right. Right. I mean, I and I know there's like you say where you have to have some universal truths and some 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 shared values but uh, i think you know people are really good at pushing each other's buttons you know what are we doing yeah. what are we doing to help someone instead of saying oh who can i piss off on facebook they, well, gee, who could i where can i go volunteer today where can where can we channel our energy because we got a lot of pent-up energy i know i do i've been home i'm used to be out working on ships last year i was i was on the in the ocean for eight weeks so it's like okay what kind of what are what are my practices how can we make ourselves how can we change ourselves and be better people because I think that's that's what's going to bleed into other people. I mean, I don't think we're going to be able to change. You, you know, we want to change. We're tired of you know people that are sucking off the system or, or creating violence or or looting. I I mean, we want. 
I, I can do so much. I'm not a, I'm not a government authority. I'm not a, a law enforcement officer. What do I do? You know, how do I, how do I try to talk to people? Yeah. What, you know, tr are we treating people with respect? And even at the end of the day, uh, we're still supposed to forgive these, for, you know, there's just yeah. that stuff in this component. No, I think I got to forgive President Trump. You don't, we don't like a looter. Well, we got to forgive this guy. Doesn't mean we condone it. Right. That's a hard practice. You know, like you want to just <laughs> grab something, reach to the television, and throw. Well, it. I, I I agree with you. I've been thinking about this a lot myself lately. Which is, anytime we get a little bit too pulled into social media or whatever, there's a lot of sense of talking about other people, right? And, and everybody's in their tribe, so the tribe talks about the other tribe. And that's where they get the fuel, the anger to kind of keep being a tribe member. But I think that whole tribalism thing is very dangerous. That's another reason, because it tends to make us look at somebody else. Yes, we can see what we see about the world and we can change what we want. But I like that Gandhi thing. I always like that Gandhi thing where he says, uh, be the change. It's kind of a little corny, but I believe it. Be the change that you want to see in the world. And every time I start getting a little too pulled into look at that person or look at that going on, and I start feeling something about it, I know I've gone over, I've gone over too far. And I say, well, as soon as I'm starting to feel like a little edge and, and a little anger comes up about stuff, I'm like, wait a minute, you're pulling your eyes off of yourself, it's very dangerous. And so that's because it's not even sustainable. You don't feel good about it, uh, you feel kind of empty and it's like, we have to sustain ourselves. I mean, the first, it's almost like the first law of life should be is to sustain life. And if we can't sustain ourselves, we're going to be in trouble. If we're just pointing at other people, uh, it's, it's doomed to fail, the whole thing. So anyway, I think you said it. If you want to say anything else about that, it's fine. But I think you already said a lot of the point on that. Can I ask you about your upbringing a little bit? Sure, we can go to that painful subject. <laughs> yeah, of course. I know that you were adopted. And I know, I think, yes, yeah, open. You've told people that. Uh, I'm not I'm not saying anything. Although my my 91 year old mom now says, oh, "Don't don't tell anyone about the adoption thing." She's, oh really? I thought that was <laughs> is that I, college, and now she's decided. Well, they live in a senior uh, community, so now it's all on lockdown because of COVID. They don't want the seniors, so they don't really gather in the community. Which was just, you know, because I did I did a couple of shows at the senior community forum, and I jo joked about you know uh, I was adopted by a Navajo, adopted by Mexican mother, Jewish father. I'm a bargain hunter gatherer, and all this stuff. But uh, can you not mention that adoption thing? I said, Mom, it's pretty obvious. I got this five foot nine inch Jewish, <laughs> Jewish father, this five foot two inch Mexican American lady, right. and me, six two, look nothing like him. So it doesn't take it. You know, I, I'm like, she goes, Yeah, someone such and such asked, uh, Is Mark adopted? And what, what? He goes, how would, she, how would she have any clue about that? I said, uh, She has good vision. <laughs> <laughs> so they, I mean, you, you've talked about this, right? It's, it's, no, it's something you've talked about, I guess, right? And openly or? Yeah, okay. So what is that? I, I wasn't adopted, obviously. So I, I, had, I had my natural, you know, parents. Uh, and we had our issues and things. But, you know, I still had natural parents. So it's probably another level of whatever that I got. What was that like? Uh, how old were you when the, how did, what age did you know you were adopted? Well, everyone always asking that. I don't remember exactly. I think around three or four. I think my mom told me, you know, you we didn't have you, but we love you, you know, stuff like that. I think, okay, okay. I think they were pretty good about that. And in retrospect, I don't think, you know, she would have tried, maybe now in retrospect, she would have tried to deny it, but it's like, it was, you can't really do that. Right. In fact, I've had some friends that they were adopted by family members. I had a, a, a good college friend. She found out on her wedding day that her aunt was her mom. Her mom was her aunt. Her mom really? was 
Like that's, you know. That's, on your wedding day? <laughs> well, her wedding day or the day before, because she was always closer with the aunt and somehow it came out. It is single mom, the other one had a family. So, you know, back in the day, it was all very secretive about it. Yeah. Now it's open adoption. And yeah. Everyone involves it. Yeah. But yeah, it was, uh, I, I always knew. And then when yeah. I, I, so that was. Well, you always knew before you were told? Did I know before I was told? Yeah. Did you feel something before you were told or no? Too early. I don't think so. Cause I was so young. Maybe, you know, maybe there's, a, I always think there's that possibility. I think in, I think intrinsically a being knows if it's separated from its natural mother, if something's yeah. skewed. Yeah. I was with my birth mother for like 15 minutes and then like, okay, time to go. Yeah. And, and birth father, I, I wanted to get into as well. But so how did you, what was your relationship? Was it close or not close with your father, with your step, you call him your adopted father or your adopted I, mother? Yeah. It's my parents, you know, I think growing up, I was closer with my mom just because my dad was, was always work, was working. Yeah. yeah. She was, yeah, I was kind of closer with my mom and I kind of paid for that later because yeah. I think it's the way it was that the, the mother was there, the father wasn't there. Um, what about your now? At some point when you were, I think, twenty-five or so, you found out about your actual mother. Yeah, my birth mother wrote to me. I was working for the state of California and got some big FedEx letters in that nineteen eighty-six, nineteen eighty-seven, mm-hmm. and had nine-page handwritten letter and some pictures, and just like all at once, you just find this whole whoa, you know. She seen she had known where I lived since I was eighteen, but she waited another seven years. She really? didn't intrude into the family structure and was trying to be respectful but um she was she basically since she gave me up for adoption she was always kind of determined to find me yeah you know, she, I guess she suffered a lot through like holidays and my birthday and you know it was always just she's wondering what happened oh, to wow. me. it was very cathartic for her and you know she had a lot of issues i believe as a result of it and i'm sure i had some too you know you have that i think you have a sense of loss whether you know it or not and uh, yeah well, what- you know? What was that? I mean, like, um, did you wonder about who your adopted, mo- uh, your actual mother and actual father were? Once in a while, I would. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think about if I went to, uh, like, go, go bowling or just go somewhere. Like, Why? Well, I wonder if someone out here is like my cousin or my brother or sister. You know? Yeah. It, it didn't. You know, it didn't uh, weigh on me a lot. It would just pop into my head sometimes. You know. But I, I hadn't been looking. I wasn't actively thinking about ever find him. You know, I was just pretty content. Yeah. What, what was your action once you got the letter from your mother? Um, I think I ended up calling her like a day or two later. Or, uh, spoke on the phone, and then uh, I told my my adopted parents. And first, they seemed kind of supportive of them. But then there was a lot of resentment over. I think you know, just fear and feeling you know like it was not her right to do that she gave you up she didn't you know we'll come into your life and it's like hey you know my, my feeling is you have more than one child you love them just as much i can you know i still doesn't change my love or respect for what you did for me but you know it's now now it's just like kind of my mom just ignores you know she doesn't really bring it up anymore she she's got some cognitive issues now so she's kind of in her own okay. i can but it, yeah, I think it made for that made for a little bit of friction. But yeah, I can see that. I, I mean, I can see their side of it in the sense of just kind of natural human reaction, like they put all the work in and they, you know, bound bind with. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's kind of like the prodigal son story. You know, like the old prodigal, the young guy swoops in and gets all the attention from dad after uh, the other one was <laughs> with him all the time. Uh, so, uh, your reaction to hearing from her was no shock or anything or any. Say that again. Was it your your reaction when you heard from your mother was no sh- was no shock to related to it or anything like that or 
Oh, it was pretty shocking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I read this letter. I just sat in the middle at work, and I was just like, kind of crying and just sit there and just like, man, this is super powerful, you know. And you don't have any control over that reaction. It just, just happened. And then uh, um, she tried to introduce me to my birth father, but his family was very resistant because he's been in and out of jail and a lot of, uh, a lot of drug and alcohol issues. So I ended up not meeting him. And then it turned out I got on one of these people searches and he had been living like within a couple miles of where I was living in Reno for yeah. years. Yeah. We didn't even know he had, no one even knew it. I just, you know, ran his name and age and, you know, those things come up. It's a computer. Yeah. Sure. You can find pretty much anything. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so who knows? Maybe I walked right past the guy on the street. He's still around. He's still living today. Oh, there's no record. He kind of the trail dropped off. I got one of these people search, and I had some guy online kind of investigator just checking around. And he last they had they had some records. He'd been in jail in in Las Vegas area, and then his phone. They had a phone number for him. His phone was. I tried calling. His phone was disconnected. And so I was yeah. with that. I was like, yeah. Did you did what? Did you feel like a lot of times a man and his father? There's like a connection or a desire. Did you really like want to find him or was there, was there anything there where you say, I want to find my actual father? No, not really. I was a little mixed. I said, it would be, it would be nice to meet him, but I wasn't driven. Like I have to find this as my purpose. Yeah. And I think it was like, you know, this guy sounds kind of like bad news. I don't want to end up with a, you know, a situation, you know, like these NBA players, you know, the dad son, Oh, you signed a contract. You're in the pop of his life. And all of a sudden, Hey, if you could just spare a couple thousand dollars, <laughs> You know, so I think some of it was like, one, uh, maybe that's my emotional insecurities. I didn't want to, yeah, I wanted to keep my distance. Two, I didn't, you know, my family dynamics. Then I didn't feel like I wanted to, to withhold it from my parents, yeah. you know, much as tra traumatic as it was for my birth mother. And then, to, hey, by the way, I found my birth dad. You know, I just didn't want, I, I, don't, I didn't want to, one hand, tell them, and then I didn't want to be disingenuous and not tell them and withhold right. it. So uh, that was part of it. And then three was just, uh, Sure, laziness. You know, you got to track someone down. It's not easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It takes, it takes work. Do uh, so. How do you feel now about all this? Do you feel complete? Like you're you're grown, obviously grown, grown. I mean, you're well past grown. We're 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 well past grown now, Mark. Um, how do you feel today? Do you feel complete, uh, satisfied? Do you feel like something's missing, or you have what you need? Or how do you feel today inside? I think you know. I think there's always that. I feel pretty much complete, but you should know. I, I think that's just human nature. Never feel hundred percent satisfied. You know, I feel at peace with my life and the decisions good or bad I made. And I accept, okay, this is the present moment. And you know, if, if it's going to be where I'm going to meet my father or I'm going to have, you know, I have a great relationship with my uh, birth brother, uh, my birth sister. She's a little, she's a little nutty. That was a, that was a uh, wasp. I got a nail this guy. Sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we don't want you to uh, go into anaphylactic shock during the. I'm going to have to go into like a, a big net or something to do these. Oh, sure. Malaria nets when you film. I think I need a, I seriously probably need a malaria net to do these shows. Because uh, when it's hot out here, man, there's, you know, you get, these things are all over the place. Oh, yeah. They want the food. They want what food? <laughs> they want shade and food. Yeah. Your food. They want shade also. Yeah. So, yeah. My short answer is yeah, I feel, I feel at peace. I don't say I feel totally complete. You know, there's always going to be that something because you didn't have that family dynamic was kind of taken away. You can't ever totally repair that. But I mean, overall, I feel super blessed. My adoptive parents gave me a great life and a lot of uh, great relatives. And, you know, people didn't treat me different. I always felt that I'm a little different because I'm not blood, blood related, but 
they treated me just like one of the, you know, everyone. So it was more on me than it was on them. They didn't say, oh, you're adopted. We, we don't want to play, you know, I mean, it wasn't that. Right, right. No one ever used it against me and my family to say, well, you know, there's us and there's you. Yeah, it was always. Yeah. I always feel like there's a point where we have to move on anyway. You know, it's like we make our peace with whatever the past was or wasn't. And I remember, you know, you know, we talk about in 12, uh, 12 step uh, AA types of things. And I've heard in people say, in religious people as well, talk about making amends in different ways. And I remember going through that stage of trying to make amends with my parents, so to speak. I went back and talked to them about some of the things I didn't like that they did and, you know, did my best to forgive them. Uh, and at least in a bodily sense, I don't know that I ever, well, I don't know that I've forgiven them or not to this day, but I, I did, I've done everything that I feel like I could do and talk to them about these things. But did you ever have one of those kind of moments with either, I guess, with maybe your adopted parent? Uh, I tried and then uh, with my adopted parents and my birth mother, you know, we, we had some heart to heart talks. I told, I, I forgave her. I mean, I, and I said, I appreciated what she did because she thought about, she, again, she thought about one of the adoption within the family. Yeah. Uh, she was giving me to my aunt, her older sister, but she was pregnant at the same time. So that would have been kind of weird. Oh yeah. That's my, my brother were born five months apart. You know, like, we're, we're gonna figure that one out. You know, yeah. not good enough, but. so uh, no, I mean, I I don't harp, you know. And my dad, I was, you know, again, just like the kind of the weaker weaker uh, link in the family. Oh, why did you kind of stand up more? And you know, yeah. Now you know he has, you know, he has certain uh, burdens he has with my mom because he's kind of the caregiver, and he was never. She was always the the caregiver and waiting on him. You know, it was that the, the old traditional Ozzy and Harriet roles? Yeah, you know, as for her, it's not good enough, you know. I mean, so he has to deal with this, and one because he it's never good enough, it's never right. good enough, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you can see his resentment, it's like, oh, what am I, you know, I just do this, and she doesn't appreciate it, okay, you know. And always, she's like, your father just ignore it, you know. So, there's that set, it's kind of that sad dynamic. Yeah. So, to not, not might say my goal, my conscious thought is to not repeat that dynamic in my relationships and yeah yeah and, and i wish you well that because what i just realized now in talking to you is our weak spots are there and hopefully god corrects those as we go and, and ask him to do so but i know i'm really coming to the conclusion more and more i just realized this now in talking to you that the weak spots that we have that need correction are not things that we can really we can't change them ourselves somehow we can't i mean i've tried like in many ways my whole life to like make changes and i realize they're just there until they are corrected for us in some kind of way right it's literally like if you had a broken bone you can't go in there and set yeah. the bone yeah you for a while and you can't and you can't be resentful of this i can't get to a doctor i have to accept it yeah and you get the opportunity and there's the 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 uh, moment where you get to get this like you said you get a healing or it passes on and it's like you know it's we're this is a cycle i mean we're not obviously we're not the first people to, you know there's so no, many not right? by any means not by any means auto dynamic or fatherless home dynamic you can see the it's like the legos they fit right they, well you see how that's going to turn out you know yeah. a the addiction resentment but you know i think a lot of it that people have to remember is we want to you know you did talk about going back to traditional structure it's it's super difficult now because just given the economics you know mm. to have parent home uh but don't you think but don't you think don't you think mark that, that some of that has been engineered by the powers that be to keep us having to work so that we they will break up our traditional structures well 
you know, some people blame it. I'd say it's a government and, and based on, you know, whether it's a socialist philosophy or whatever. And, and other people, I'm more of it's a corporate economic interest. Like, hey, we get people working and now we get stressed. Now mom and dad both have to work. So now we can sell more fast food and easy to cook dinners. And now everyone's more stressed so we can sell more Prozac. Everyone's got, you know, it's just it's to blame one entity over the other. I, you know, I, th I think government is a reflection of the, the societal problems rather than society being an outcome of government problems. Okay, so think, yeah, yeah, but, and, and, and I'm not really, when I said powers of be, I actually didn't say the word government, but, because I didn't really mean just government. What's that? <laughs> I can read your mind. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I really don't mean just the government. I really, believe me, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of a hippie conservative, you know, I'm not a corporate conservative. I never really have been. And, um, and, you know, Kanye West, of all people, we can get into Kanye West if we want. I don't want to get into him necessarily in this. <laughs> There's a lot to say on Kanye, but I'm not laughing at Kanye. I like Kanye in a lot of ways. But running for president is a lot. But um, Kanye West mentioned this in one of his videos. And he gets into some very interesting subject. Have you ever seen him interviewed? Uh, he's a very interesting guy. And he was talking about how, speaking of, you were talking about the corporate. He was talking about how we have been designed into these situations where somebody has to work way over here they have to do i like look i can i worked for an organization for years and years uh, when i was in southern cal and i was commuting i commuted for like 13 years i spent like two and a half hours on the freeway every day so you're yeah, gonna, for a 20 minute drive in the yeah. <laughs> yeah and so believe me i know what you mean about that because that is a problem that we have been pulled so far away that's why one reason why i moved to a more rural type of area because I want to live a more natural life because I want to, I want to live closer to the food. I want to be like a, a hunter and a fisherman, like the people of old, like uh, I, I was going to ask you about your, your, your dad was actually Indian, right? My birth father was a uh, Mexican in, uh, Navajo, but I can't yeah. say I have no hunting or fishing skills. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hunting gathering skills. Uh, the frozen food section. I can take out a tilapia. No <laughs> Yeah, you're a killer in the frozen food section. Real, the point, real quick, though, you, you, you bring up a point is this is the one silver lining of COVID is a lot of people are going to go back to small town living and rural yeah. living. Yeah. And I, I never understood when the, when the back in the 90s when the tech boom hit why more people weren't going to small towns. I've always, yeah. well, I lived in a small town for, for years and yeah. I think it's a great place to raise kids. Yeah. I have a sense of community. You know, there could be some insulation and people know too much right. of your business. On, but and I, I hope more people do you know nothing against city you want to live in a city that's your thing you're young but eventually i think you need we need space we need nature we yeah. you need you know some some life skills and hey and the more people you know let's let's re repopulate the uh the hinterlands that's what i said yeah I, I, I've, I've always been i'm a big proponent of independence in my life and in my business and i want to see more independence from myself and from others and I remember you've always been into that independent type of life. And I appreciate that a lot. Um, but that's another way that, see, we're being controlled, whether we call ourselves, whatever our political structure is, we're all being under a certain kind of control. And um, for instance, I mean, I get into stuff in my videos, like I'm, I'm going to probably do a video soon about the taking away of the cash. Now you may say, okay, well, that's okay because cash is dirty or whatever. But we don't necessarily think of the independence related to cash that we don't have anymore once cash is gone. And even cash taking it another step. But if you think about the people of old, think about like, 
you know, your answers, think about the Indians, Native Americans, I'm saying the politically incorrect term, they call them Indians, but. Original landowners. Yeah, there you go. But even, see, there, I always was like, kind of like, a res, I always respected the Indian Native American kind of life of independence. These guys were like, they understood the land, they understood the nature. Now think about, you can't really take away independence. You can't, you can't crush down on uh, these people of old because they knew how to grow their own food. They knew how to hunt and fish. They knew how to build structures. They knew how to uh, overcome illnesses through, you know, the way they sweat it out. And all that. What's that? That's exactly what happened. It's called Manifest Destiny. People lost the land and other people came and said, We're, this is ours now, you know? Well, because technology, uh, technology kind of won out, right? Technology kind of won out. But I wonder if we can't intelligently, if there's a way to put the genie back in the box to some degree and intelligently use a technology, but still keep our independence at the same time. Yeah, we're using the balance of nature, science, spirituality, practicality, and you're right. I think, I think we're all trying to get back to a, to a balance. You know, the planet's out of balance, the society's out of balance, whether no matter what side of the spectrum you're on, we can all see that. Even, even COVID is related to natural health. It's, it, it, I mean, if people were naturally healthy, we wouldn't even have a mask issue to begin with because people's, people, you know, young people already have this, but the immune systems would be strong. We wouldn't even be having these arguments. Well, I did see one, one doctor, again, is an immunologist, not an immunologist, I'm, I'm disease expert, saying that most of the people, most of the suffering is it's the inflammation of the, of the tissues and organs. And that, again, it's the underlying health issues. In America, people keep saying, well, just, well, just let us go back to work, put the, you know, uh, isolate the nursing homes. Well, you know what? You look at a, a, a huge percentage of American adults that are unhealthy, that, that are obese, suffer from diabetes. So just to say, well, if we just go back to business as usual, um, you're not in the best health. Uh, so business as usual may not work out for you. We're, we're not acknowledging as a country that we're, we're, we're a very unhealthy nation. And, and the whole fight about healthcare and government, private, you know, what, what's everyone doing to eat, take care of themselves? I mean, I'm, I know one thing about COVID's been good for me. I haven't been eating any fast food. I didn't eat that much anyway, but I'm no. not eating on the road. I've lost weight. I'm, I'm cooking my own food. I'm, you know, uh, working in the garden. So, you know, that's been, a, again, it's been a so, yeah. silver lining. It is a silver lining. And, and I do I do have a little disagreement, though, because I think we have to go back anyway and build our immunity back up as a, you know, herd immunity. But I do agree that a lot of people are simply unhealthy. And if they just simply went back to health, there would be no issue. It would just take it off the table. What you're saying, simply go back. People, we have, again, because the powers that be, we have junk food addictions. We have... Yeah medication addictions we have people you know like my mom you know she never like, was always go to a doctor get a pill take it it was never like well let's let's see how you can heal yourself let's look at a natural cure let's look at herb alternative medicine diet uh exercise well, i don't you know in the one hand you know, i think that's you know america was kind of on an exercise kick it seemed like a lot of people were going to gyms and i think there's probably been a backslide there people at home it's hard to get motivated but think <laughs> and, think but, but mark think about the weaknesses and strengths, as you talked about earlier, about different generations. The post-World War II generation, baby boomer generation. One of the weak spots, I would call it, is an over-reliance on medicine and not, not medicine as it used to come from the earth, but, you know, uh, what do you call that? Uh, pharmaceuticals and that kind of thing. I mean, 
our parents' generation was super into belief and that kind of stuff was going to, was going to save everybody. Qualified. Yes. When they got older, I mean, at first they were like, you know, uh, you know, the, I don't go to the doctor. Don't worry about it. And it was old, old school, like, you know, put some pants yes. on. And then as, as you get in the sixties and seventies, yeah, hey, we got a pill for this. We got a pill for that. Again, it was, a, it became a profit market. Well, we can cure this without having to get to the underlying root. So we, we have corporate, so today we have, I would say corporateness, but we don't have, I, I see to me the pure sense of, let's just say business for a second. Let's talk about business for a second. The pure sense to me of business is free markets, let's say, or call them free enterprise, let's say. In other words, the ability of you and me to engage with each other, put contact tracks together that are private between the two of us, to basically do whatever business we want together, right? That's the pureness of it. That has been moved into like a corporate type of thing, which is kind of like bastardized the whole thing. And uh, so I'm certainly with you on that. I, I, think, I think a lot of the things that we've split off into lately have been kind of artificially. For instance, I'll give you a for instance, and maybe to the audience here. You know that when you go around and listen to your radio, I used to do this all the time because I was always driving. I would always hear political radio. It was always about politics. Now, of course, politics are important when elections are close, but are they really that important four years out? But all we hear was like, we, we would hear one tribe going against the other on the radio, and it would always generally be politically oriented. I think that is kind of weird, actually. Well, it's, well but, but it's because it's, it's, it's the whole sports offshoot. Politics has become sports. Yeah. Um, people, people get emotionally involved in their team, whether it's the the LA Rams or the LA Democrats or the Cleveland Indians or the Ohio GOP. So we, we like that, that whole, it's, it's all basically, you know, trying to get people emotionally charged. They'll listen and listen to the ads. Everybody wants, everybody wants a champion. I've heard it said before, everyone wants a champion, an external champion because they're not a champion inside. Like we've lost our way. So we're always looking for some champion, some guru or somebody to tell us how to live or somebody to, and then we find out we live our whole lives and we realize they don't exist in a, in a sense. I mean, they may, even if they do exist, I'm not saying they don't exist at all, but the people that, that are praiseworthy out there, their praiseworthiness really has nothing to do with us. They can teach us a few things and kind of keep us in the direction, but ultimately we are designed, in my opinion anyway, to be self-correcting, to have something inside that's telling us how to do that. And yet, I think so few people are going that route that they almost have to have an outside hero. I agree hundred percent on that. See, we agree hundred percent on something. Okay, Mark, we are, maybe, we're, maybe, maybe we can close out here for now. You know what? Uh, because we're really getting to the end of an hour here. I would like to hopefully follow up sometime because I didn't even, I'd originally, I, I didn't know where this would go necessarily. I kind of, had a few notes written down, but I didn't really know where to go, especially our first conversation. But I would love to follow. The rails pretty early. Let me tell you. No, I said it went off the rails pretty early. Um, um, but and that's fine. I, oh, off the rails to me is good. Yeah. In a this is good. <laughs> yeah. But but what I'd like to do sometime with you, hopefully soon, is is maybe do a part two because I also want to. And, and originally, I want to talk about success. I, obviously, we haven't talked directly. I mean, these are all things that are clues to personal and you know internal success and all that i think there there's a lot of clues in this what we just talked about but i'd also like to talk about external success and getting people up to speed i'd love to talk about your career 
how you got where you are now, like how you built that and any uh, habits of success and also kind of like words of wisdom, so to speak, that you've got to pass on to people to help them, especially post COVID or maybe not post COVID, but yeah, post the COVID world that we're in so that we can kind of segue. We're all kind of learning as we go too in that way. But so people can be successful now because I really want people to come back and be successful in their lives. We have to be. We have to make a living, of course, obviously money-wise, but we have to just be successful and not let this stuff stop us. Well, you think of all the businesses, the small businesses especially, that were successful that may not come back. Most people had that drive to start from nothing. So it's, it's burdensome and heartbreaking for some, but you, they have the ability to do it again. Right. The people, they, they say people who, yeah, they say people who are, you know, millionaires or whatever, really something going, you could pull that all away from them. A lot of the ones who are really successful and they can get it back because it's, it's about knowledge of knowing how to, it's not the money so much, it's the knowledge of how to do it, right? And like I said, I'm not a big Trump fan, but look at he, you know, he had business successes and failures. He just kept going. He kept you know? going. One thing I knew, knew that would make him, I, one thing I knew that would make him a very tough president like him or not uh, for you obviously not but uh is that i saw old interviews and things with him and i saw he had like grit and maybe that's something that came from that we can get from that older generation oh, what's that how's the grit on the side of his neck is what i'm <laughs> he had grit <laughs> anyway can we can we do a follow-up sometime hopefully not too far distant and just kind of focus in on that part of it I would love to do that, and uh, I know the audience would really love that as well. So, in my well, house, I'm not getting bitten by uh, flying squirrels while you're out there in the, under the malaria net. I'm looking. I don't know. Them. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to get around this, but uh, maybe I'll be under the net next time. But um, uh, I want to. I want to thank you for coming on, Mark. And uh, we're going to, God willing, do this again, and we're going to get into some other subject matter too. But I just wanted to kind of. I knew we'd kind of explore today because we hadn't really talk like this for a, for a little while, but it was really good for, for me and hopefully useful to the audience as well. Hopefully, yeah, but it was <laughs> enjoyable. You know, we, and no matter what, I think if you just listen to people and say, hey, people that disagree and you know, friendship transcends politics and, and uh, certain uh, outlooks and the fact that, you know, just reach out to somebody you haven't talked to in a while. You know, yes. people need that right now. There's a lot of people that we don't realize how isolated they are or they can just use a few good words and, uh, Maybe that might uh, turn someone's day. So, yeah. I think we can use a lot more of that. Anyway, thank you, man, for coming. And um, I have to, like, exit you from this here. Sorry about that. Leave button. I can just hit that. What's that? Leave button. I can just hit the leave button. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks so much. Okay, I'm going to close out after, after that, having you on. But thanks so much for being with us today, uh, Mark, and being a good sport and uh, talking about your life and being willing to just talk. And I think we need just more conversation in this world as well. All right. I agree. Amen. All right. Thanks. And we'll look forward to talking to you real soon, okay? All right. Take care, Mark. All right, man, I'm going to close out. And that was my friend, Mark Yaffe. And uh, I didn't necessarily, obviously, we don't know how it's going to go, but I've known Mark for decades. And uh, good guy, good, good. Uh, uh, we don't agree on a lot of stuff politically, but uh, he's, I don't, again, I don't see him as a bitter kind of mean kind of person. Um, and I think we, we just need to talk to each other more as Americans. And, um, and worldwide, if you're watching this worldwide as well, we just need to talk to people more. I think we just, that's one thing that COVID has probably pulled us away from. Maybe got us talking to people more around us, but maybe cut off a little bit from the world out there. So 
if that can be one thing that would be useful today, hopefully that was useful in just being able to talk to people we don't typically uh, talk to and don't always agree with. Uh, again, I want to do this part two with Mark and really kind of hone in on the uh, success part and because he's a very successful uh, comedian and he's really kind of pulled himself up. As long as I've known him, he's pulled himself up from the bootstrap, from his bootstraps, and what he's wanted to do, he's gone out and just done it. So I, I have a lot of respect for Mark on that, on that, on that count. In any case, I'm going to sign out now. These podcasts that we're doing, we're going to make them available. If you are a, you go to oldschoololdschoolus.com to find more information. If you are on my subscribe star, one of my subscribers, uh, we're going to make these available. The whole podcast that we put out is only going to be available to my subscribers. Go to subscribestar.com, put in my name, Patrick Rooney, R-O-O-N-E-Y. I'll have a link in the description. Uh, and we'll show you some videos from this anyway, if not. But if you want to get the whole thing, uh, only for my subscribers. That's, that's, a, that's something just for my subscribers. So anyway, thank you for being with me. Uh, we're going to keep this going. Uh, natural health, success, and freedom. A lot of the success part we're going to bring back in. And uh, I'll do something about the bug. I don't know what, man. Uh, you don't mind me swatting the bugs a little bit out here. Then I, then I like being outdoors and uh, being part of this natural environment. But in the South, it's a little bit challenging because we do have bugs. All right. Anyway, thanks for being with me today. And I look forward to uh, seeing you on the next podcast. Take care. Thank you for joining us on Old School with Patrick Rooney. Visit OldSchoolUS.com to find out more about natural health, success, and freedom. See you next time.